When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is Reconsidering Presents Uncensored 1996. I'm Dr. Damien Gibson and joining me, as always, is the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's Matthew Kayfabe. Hey, Billy Joel fans. How are you going? That was to the fans, not to you. <laughs> I'm, I'm only a John Fogarty fan. We've already spoken about this off air, so... <laughs> I don't want to know anything about that I've Joel lost. or what he's going on about up in New York. I'm a deep fried Southern boy <laughs> today. Until I and fuck all I, other music. Yeah, only until I sit down in front of YouTube tonight and then get obsessed with like Sparks or <laughs> NWA, whatever comes at me first, whatever the algorithm presents, I'll um will be my obsession for 48 hours. Yeah, I don't have anything to say. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's get into Uncensored. Um, we start... Uh, so, this is Uncensored 96. I think... I, did I say 95 in the intro? I think I might have. Yeah, that's okay. People know now. Oh, well. You've, people yeah. have paused and gone and watched the wrong Uncensored. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we start with uh, Dusty Rhodes, Tony Skiabone, and Bobby the Brain, the greatest heel commentator of all time. Bobby's in a leather jacket. And Tony points this out, and uh, I don't think Bobby was expecting it, and sort of uh, ums and ahs for a bit, and then says, well, I've got my leathers on, because you never know what's going to happen, especially at Uncensored. And was like, yeah, that's- Fair enough. That's pretty good. The uh, This is the- Mongo's not coming up with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, this is the A-plus announce team, but also I love having different announce teams for the pay-per-views than the show. Like, I'm just- I'm a massive fan of that. Mm. Like, I absolutely think that that's what- all wrestling promotions should be doing like that's if 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 AEW just like pulled out Jim Ross for big main event matches on pay per views, he would be so much more bearable and lend so much more credence. Demo just died, so I'm gonna have to pull the rest of the uh, podcast th- <laughs> uh, through myself, which is problematic. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> I'm reading JR's book at the moment, which is also not helping. 
with my opinion on young Jimothy. But anyway, <laughs> keep going. Uh, like having having a separate, having Dusty Roads there and, you know, Bobby's obviously on both, but it's like you need sort of, I guess, a bridge. And then Tony is is about as good as Eric at this point, I would say. It's strange. Like I, um, I know Eric goes off commentary because he essentially becomes a character. Mm. Um, like an in-ring character almost. Well, I mean, he does. He wrestles and does Karate Man stuff and things later on that we'll get get to <laughs> way later on down the track. But, way later um, on. Where do you get a $250,000 suit from? Because Bobby says that he's he wouldn't wear his $250,000 Armani suit to a WCW event because of the type of people who go to it. As someone who's wearing a $250,000 suit right hmm. now, can you let the rest of us plebs know where you get these kind of like what is it made out of uh i don't want to treat you like a fucking idiot but your question was where do you get a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar armani suit the answer is armani uh, okay <laughs> well i mean is there a special process you have to go through is there one store that does it can i walk into an armani suit store and say can i have can i have the 250k please no, you have to show them your your pedophile elite card. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bobby Heenan's dead, yeah. He can't sue me for saying that. No. Yes. I mean, yes, he is dead and no, he can't sue you. Great. Because you can't <laughs> uh you can't defame the dead. Uh I was I was I was just trying to think of a of a dead wrestler to say something really horrific about, and all I thought was uh Jimmy Snook is a murderer, which is actually true. It's not even defamation. Jimmy no, it's a not. Yeah, yeah. Dark side of the ring has uh, has taught us quite a bit. Has taken all of those like, did you hear stories and put them on the record? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of on the record, we had a US title match of uh, Conan uh, later to become K Dog, and I keep going to call him K Dog because that's how I know him. Is you know. Through his NWO Wolfpack days of being <laughs> being K Dog uh, versus Eddie Guerrero, um, this went for they gave they gave these guys a really long time to tell a really good story. Uh, the ending, uh, what's going on here? Eddie falls on Conan's face, nuts himself. Conan wraps him up for the pin, and then the guys initially try and tell a story that. Conan low blowed Eddie and is is a bad guy. Low blue, low blow, low blue. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it really did look more like a sexual act than you know. The finish was Conan blew Eddie Guerrero uh, and uh, won the match. Way too hard, like too hard to the point where he was just doubled over from pain. This is this is a very uh, this episode has not started well for. Uh, <laughs> he for just the came friends. so hard he was doubled over. <laughs> well, that's what it looked like to me, and then all of a sudden, Skiavone's going, "Oh, he low blowed him. He low blowed him." I was like, "Tony." What they do in their own personal time is up to them, but uh, that's gonna, not what I saw. You're not going to get a $250,000 Armani suit with that attitude. Um, <laughs> or maybe you will. Um, maybe you will. The I just got to say, the start of this pay-per-view is like what we're going to get for the rest of WCW, where you've got like Conan and Eddie Guerrero 
the next match is the Brett Belfast Bruiser versus Steven Regal, like 20-minute matches yeah. with, yeah, the endings. And, like, the endings in WCW are never going to be good. You're not, we're not, we're, we're done with good endings. We're never getting a good ending to a match again. As <laughs> All you can hope for is a good start and middle. We're getting not very many of them. But at least the, like, start of pay-per-views, you're like, wow, this is great wrestling. It was a great match. It just the ending was like, mm. and then Conan was kind of like, "Oh, but I'm a good guy. I didn't, I didn't low blow him." And then <laughs> I was like, "Can everyone stop saying low blow?" You know, in regards to this, you had to, ending. you had to, you had to turn the pay per view off and go for a go for a walk, a brisk mm. walk. I had a cold shower. I was getting, <laughs> <laughs> I was getting hot and heavy in the Casa del Gibson there. <laughs> Uh, next up, we had uh, you messaged me while you were watching this match, going, mm. "This is the kind of wrestling that I love." We had yeah. uh, Stephen Regal, or this is why I love wrestling. Essentially, was what you were saying to me, uh, and I was like, "Fuck you, man! This sucks." And uh, it was Stephen Regal versus the Belfast Bruiser. I don't actually think that it was a great match. Um, this ended with a bit of a screwy finish as well. Yeah. Like it was forget was about really- the finishes. I was really enjoying it, but that's kind of my thing. I like I tell people who fought and how the match ended, yeah, and well, now I'm going to have seven years of going. Well, blah blah fought blah blah, and there was a screwy finish. Matt, what did you think of this? All right, Pat Patterson, <laughs> pull your head in. Um, <laughs> that's a little, well, it was. Little- it was weird, like the all of a sudden. Well, I think this, from, this ending from- was more bizarre than the other ending. Well, I did a bit of quick reading, and supposedly Regal did break his nose uh, and the bone under his eye uh, in this match. Well, he, so, looked, he looked like he did by the end of the yeah. match. Like. So, it was an audible, like mm. they called an audible for uh, blah, blah, for what, are they, what does he call his little gang? The, uh, the Blue Bloods. The Blue Bloods to come down and beat up on Which, ironically, the Belfast he was bleeding quite a lot of red blood. <laughs> Um, (laughs) We all bleed the same, Megan and Harry. That sounds like a threat. (laughs) Yeah. Are they Uh, dead? Can I I say stuff about them? No. They live in Canada now, so- no, Canada's a great place. I think that's our that's our where lots of our listeners live, right? It's our number one demographic. We shouldn't say anything yeah. about Canada. Canada's sick, and so are Harry and Megan. Canada is sick. I love Canada. I'd, Genuinely. I love Canada more. I'm in a No, I love Canada more. I like their their rocks and their mountains and their their the the men on the horses with the, the hats. Um I like yeah, you can tell Matt hasn't been to Canada. I fucking love poutine on King Street in Toronto, baby. Yeah, local references. I love the cold of Nova Scotia on a winter's day. <laughs> my favorite Canadian band is Sloan, and then my favorite Sloan album is Money City uh, Maniacs. I've, I almost called that album Motor City, <laughs> Motor City, Motor City Machine Guns. Well. <laughs> Don't look up Sloan Records, okay? I saw you typing on you. That was not what I was <laughs> on typing. Keyboard, but then I would say my favorite Canadian band is the singer Joni Mitchell, and my favorite Canadian album is Blue. So look, I can just do this off the top of my head now. I love the Tea Party. I love Neil Young. Um, oh yeah, Neil like- Young. That's a that's a great call. What's your favorite Neil Young album? Uh, after the Gold Rush. Yeah, the answer is Harvest Moon. But anyway, that's fine. You can no. enjoy your shit. Russ Never Sleeps is a good album as well. That's a good album. Uh, I love Jim Carrey. I love Dan Aykroyd. I love Mike Myers. Um, you know, 
uh, the second Becky from Roseanne, Sarah Ch- uh, Susan Chalk, uh, Sarah. Are Chalk. you a big uh, Brian <laughs> Brian Adams fan? I actually, when I was a kid, you got to understand, I'm ten years older than you, mm. so there's some things where you're like, "Whoa, Brian!" The album that had, uh, I think it was "Waking Up the Neighbors," mm. was like a massive album, like 1988, and I had that album on tape, and so. There was a period in my life where I loved Brian Adams. I really like that song with Mel C. That baby when you're gone. So. It's a good pop song. <laughs> I uh, was at, I think I must have been six or seven years old when If You Really Love a Woman came out. Um, oh, yeah. I, I took that. With Sting and Rod Stewart. No, 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 no. That was, that was all for one. Okay. So, let's, that, that's yeah. the, that's, that's a different song. Which song are you talking about? If You Really Love a Woman. Uh, oh, the flamenco song. Yeah, so that came out, and it gave the in- you love woman. It, g- it gave instructions on how to uh, approach a, 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 a <laughs> I damsel. I forgot about this song, and I uh, yeah. I took that quite literally, which led to seven year old me telling uh, seven year old Michaela. I'm going to blank out this last name there. Uh, that I wanted to know her deep inside. <laughs> Um, and I'm still mortified by it about 30 years later. Um, anyway, Leonard Cohen, he's he's a great Canadian, and uh, Live in London is probably the best Canadian album. Uh, anyway, let's move on, please, before I before I uh, <laughs> fall back into into my past with Michaela from Ferntree Gully. Uh, I love SCTV. Um, uh, Lorne Michaels, who started Saturday Night Live. Chris I mean, Jericho, I, Lance know, Storm. Guys, you know that my favourite wrestler of all time is Brett the Hitman. Uh, so- let's move on. We're back to... <laughs> we're, we're off Canada now. So, I'm essentially an unofficial Canadian. I mean, really. So, we've had we've had 40 minutes of good wrestling um, in, uh, in Uncensored 1996. <laughs> and I've got to say, the, the tagline of Uncensored 1996 is everything you've wanted to see plus the stuff you haven't thought of yet, which is hmm. such a comedic thing for the tagline of... Uh, of a of a pay per view that includes the Booty Man, the Giant, uh, Hulk Hogan, <laughs> uh, the Barbarian, Z Gangster, the Taskmaster. Yeah, man. Because um, yeah. I tell you what, it, and a man called the Ultimate Solution, as we've discussed previously. <sighs> yeah, I, I really, I can't believe they're sticking with that. What did you think of the Colonel Parker versus Medusa match? Uh, it happened. <laughs> it definitely happened. I can't believe they put. Colonel Parker over in this match. Imagine man. being like I, I Medusa has the first <laughs> big moment of the Monday Night Wars, unless you count Lex Luger turning up dressed like Jerry Seinfeld, which I do not. <laughs> uh, like the dropping the the title, such a big deal, and then here she is in mm. a three minute match where she loses to a, a racist manager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my favourite part was uh, Dusty and Skiavone trying to be woke on commentary, where they're like, "She's a she's a great athlete for a girl. I mean, she's great, you know. Like she, oh look, she's picked him up. Oh, that is so well, strong you know. for a woman. Like guys, <laughs> I mean, it's nineteen ninety. Tony's come a long, long way. Is all <laughs> it's nineteen ninety six. So it's like you know, it's the time where people were like, "Oh, across the sea by Weezer's okay," and like various things that just aren't. <laughs> it is okay. It is okay. She's eighteen years old. That's the first line of the song. <laughs> Sorry, so, listeners. I, I'm trying any, to. I'm any arguments Dave. to. The- <laughs> 
any arguments to the otherwise is a null and void. Who the hell is Lee Marshall? Lee Marshall. He's insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's so intense. I love him. He just popped up out of, out of nowhere doing interviews. Do we get to see more of Lee Marshall? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, we do, first of all. First of all, I don't, like, my head just went, like, uh, I, when you said <laughs> Lee Marshall, I was like, do you mean Lee Hazelwood? Are we, are we talking about Lee Hazelwood? Is Lee Hazelwood a Canadian? I don't know, but I love Lee Hazelwood. Um, <laughs> anyway, he wrote some really great Nancy Sinatra songs. He also, yeah, he wrote One Velvet Morning fucking Ace song. Um, right. Yeah, he's around for, for Yonks. Like Yonks, I'm pretty sure. I like him. The, um, I like his energy. He's up and about. I could be wrong about that because I just Googled him and I don't think he's around for very long. <laughs> <laughs> he looks familiar. I feel like I remember him from maybe this time or maybe he shows up in something else. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on. Just give me one second. I'm just going to pause because I'm... Next up, we've got, uh, I mean, in one way, it's kind of a like interesting match when you think of it as Brutus the Barber Beefcake. We've got Diamond Dallas Page versus the Booty Man. But at first, I was like, hmm, Diamond Dallas Page versus Brutus the Barber Beefcake. But it, it's not. It's um, You being pro-Brutus is one of the strangest, like, undertones of, like, are you going to feel this way throughout his terrible WCW run and all... Like, he's already played the Zodiac. He's now up to the ass fetishist. Um, do you reckon... You know how, like, gimmicks come back around and, like, people are gorgeous George and all this kind of stuff? Do you think mm. there'll ever be another booty man being managed by Ed Leslie? Ed Leslie's his real name, by the way, which is such a fantastic <laughs> wrestling name. Uh, I think a guy could... Do, maybe Like, I mean, I, I don't know if I, this is cool or not. Maybe an openly gay character plays the. He's like, I'm a booty man. I think that would cause more problems than it's than it's worth. I don't know. It, it seems like uh, whatever we do, your generation is going to be upset, Matt. So let's My just not make generation. any art anymore. Yeah, I you bloody millennials. You know, I don't, I don't think it's my people. I, don't, I think yeah, it's it the, I think it's the, the, the. I think it's the news. The new people. The- <laughs> Uh, it, look, it's been a while since we've had a butt-obsessed person in in well, wrestling. I, mean, I think Billy the Gunn's only way you could there. do it is if you gender-reversed it, right? So, it became a girl who's obsessed with man's butts. Oh, that sounds terrible. And I'm 100% sure that WWE's done that. Like, there is definitely... <laughs> like, that was the original gimmick for Jillian Hall or something. <laughs> like, there was that era where no one watched professional wrestling... And they killed. They literally killed professional wrestling over that period of time, and uh, I'm sure there was an, a, a backside obsessed woman. <laughs> Her name was like Backside Beth or something. Um, well, uh, the Booty Man gets the win in this match. Uh, Kimberly is Kimberly makes out with Brutus. That's weird. No one wants yeah. to make out with Brutus. Also, can I just say, look, like there are two like running wrestling characters one is the butt obsessed man the other is the perfectly fine looking woman who they just call hideous for no reason this is not kimberly page obviously no but like no all the commentators spend a lot of time talking about kimberly looks phenomenal doesn't kimberly look 
Stunning. Yeah, this is like watching Jim Ross commentate an AEW women's match. My God. Like <laughs> I've been working can- on a I've been working on a gym impersonation. I've been listening to his audiobook. Is that any good? <laughs> My God. It's not bad. It makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. So it's it's definitely so it's getting do- Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> it's spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I just one day we're gonna have to cover the AEW Jim Ross tribute show, and I don't know how you're gonna manage it. I might have to do it by myself. <laughs> I'll just be fucking playing Celebrate by Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and then do the Al Gore. I will. Didn't didn't Kylie Minogue do a version of that? Was it Kylie or Madonna? That's your, yeah, that's your version. Yeah, <laughs> should we do that one? It's better. Yeah, that was Kylie. Like Ky- the first like five years of Kylie was just her doing like old covers mm. and being like, "But it's me, Kylie." I think the 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 <laughs> best of Kylie. Ky- <laughs> Really, the only worthwhile Kylie Minogue is probably Better the Devil You Know, because that's a pretty fucked up song. Better the Devil You Know is a, is a classic disco track. Yeah, but also lyrically, like, it's pretty fucked up to be like, look, like, I don't like this guy. He's he's not a great guy, but someone else could be theoretically worse. So, you know, Better the Devil You Know. <laughs> I know, but it's like, because I'm such an anxious person, there's a part of me who's like, hmm, wise words. Well, <laughs> she's, yeah. I always go to Kylie for relationship advice. Yeah, me too. I mostly any- go to Madonna. For anyone who doesn't know, Kylie is a god in our country. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's like... If if you're one of our Canadian listeners, she's like a moose. Wayne, Wayne Gretchen. <laughs> moose. Well, there goes our Canadian audience. So, you know, it's like you've been really good. There's been a few times where I've seen where you wanted to like be a heel to Canada, and you haven't, and you just couldn't bloody help yourself. What they like? They like moose. The re- now you're going to try and say it's the wrestler moose? No, I don't know what they think about the wrestler moose. Is it moose. meese? Is the is the plural for moose meese? It's I don't know what the pr- plural. Mooses? It's probably mooses. They look. There's some mooses over there. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I don't know what are you. <laughs> um, we we're teasing Kylie, and then it veered into Canadian. We sorry, anyway. sorry, Canada. Um, some kind of bliss is a is another good Kylie song, and confide in me is another good Kylie song, and uh, where the wild yeah, guys. Yeah, I think the Nick Cave, Cave is yeah. another, but it's overrated because he did a better. Collab with PJ Harvey on the same album, but anyway. Of course, you have to point out that you can't just say you can't just leave it out there that maybe you like a song with a proper pop star in it. PJ Harvey's, like, but me personally, the Prince of Darkness, I liked the one with PJ Harvey. Uh, because- <laughs> PJ Harvey is 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 the goth Kylie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Anyway, Loch Ness, uh, Loch Ness and Giant. Um, uh, wrestled. I think the giant actually killed Loch Ness at the end of this match, and we'll never see him again. Well, um, honestly, I think this is Loch Ness's last match in WCW, and he's dead a- less than a year later from from terminal cancer. So, oh no, um, is it from cancer? I thought he had a heart attack. Well, look, I mean, he's a morbidly obese man, but I believe it was cancer. But um, look, his heart was coming for him if the if the cancer hadn't got him. But um, yeah, he uh, it look- did it look to you like this match was just stopped? When yeah, the giant yeah, yeah. kicked it, Loch Ness, so it was just everyone was like, "Ah, it's enough." Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like Loch Ness delivered a promo earlier, and it was actually quite a good promo. 
Like he's got mm, this like sort of Jay, thick yeah. northern accent. Like it was quite like I quite liked it. And I was like, oh, I see the value of this guy, and I'm relatively sure we never see him again. Yeah, I, I, I liked when Mean Gene was like, I've got a, flow, a, a good friend down in Miami. You'll love him. He's a dentist. And then <laughs> Lochness just staring at Mean Gene while Mean Gene does his cross back to the, the convoys. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, he's 51 years old here, Lochness. Yeah, that's too young. That's too young for someone to pass away. It's also too old to be hit that size and still wrestling. Yeah. I'm sure he lived a rich life. <laughs> like, I'm sure he lived a pretty interesting life. Yeah, yeah, almost certainly. But uh, anyway, speaking of Lest we forget Loch Ness. Yeah, well, thanks for the memories, Loch Ness. Uh, <laughs> so, can you... I'm sorry for you... laughing at that, but what a, like, casual way to sum up the life of a man. Thanks for the memories, pal. Here's your golden what? Like you've, it's like you've finished seven years of work. <laughs> anyway, you know I've quit a job on Christmas Eve last year, <laughs> and I'd been there for over three years, like three and a half years, mm. and I, I did the usual, like you send an email out, mm. and uh, like, and I only sent it to like the people that I thought were my work friends, right? That so was... there was about twelve people. Thanks for the memories, <laughs> and five of them wrote back. Because we're all working from home. So, the other seven, just nothing. Didn't hear anything. Not, no message. No nothing. Not even on social media later on or anything uh. like a Facebook message. Like, hey, Damo, thanks for getting me my job. You know, like that kind of, you know, I don't, like that sort of thing. I don't reply and to those And then two emails. of these people, two of these people fucking uh, emailed me after I had left asking for references. You're giving me an- It's like, oh, well, so you <laughs> see those fingers can work when you need a reference. Young lady, but uh, on the last day of my job. Uh, I just... I. You want me to be a reference for the job that I got you, that I promoted you for? Hmm. Uh, let me think. Now, did I get an email on the last day that I was there saying thanks for that? Hmm. Hmm. I don't reply to those emails and now you're giving me massive anxiety because when I see those people, I'm like, hey, how are you going? But like I don't like I don't feel the need to reply to that. Like that you know, like they're gonna get too many replies. Then you start an email thread. I replied once to one and then got another email back and I was like, Oh fuck. So I just don't do it. It's like I don't go to weddings. Like it's just it's not worth it for me. I don't do it. Like I just don't believe You don't go to weddings. I don't go to weddings. I don't go to weddings. What what do you mean <laughs> This is way more interesting than Sting and Booker T. What do you mean you don't go to weddings? It's a waste of time. It's so, like, you, you you turn up, you have to go through the ceremony, which is all fucking bullshit. Like, who cares? There's, like, readings. They're padding it out. Like, that's... The thing is, they're, like, in their minds, they're, like, these people can't just come for the vows, the walk down the aisle and the vows. They've got to, like... There's got to be a slideshow of photos. with. There's got to be three songs. There's got to be readings. Like, the, all that shit is fucking bullshit. Like, it, you can do it a is. wedding in ten minutes. Ten minutes, you can do it, and it's yeah. done. And you'd like, yeah. and th- that's fine. Uh, if a wedding was that, if someone promised me that was it, and then there's the bullshit fucking gap while they go off and take photos, which I hate because then you're like, oh, like we're we gonna go to like a different pub and, yeah, and buy sucks. ourselves like the a beer sucks. and like sit around with a bunch of people. Everyone's dressed up posh and like it's fucking bullshit. And you've got to like talk to people that you don't really see that often. Like, I know who my friends are. 
I see them. Like, I put in the effort to see them. I don't need to see someone that I have incidental contact with at a fucking wedding every two years. And, like, have to be like, oh, how are you doing? Oh, mortgage. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, you, you, you're in finance. Yeah, that must be... Um, Oh, you're a predatory broker. Great. Congratulations for you. 7%. I thought the interest rate was 3%. Anyway, um, and then you get, to the, you get to the reception, which is like, they're like, oh, just so you know, we don't have spirits on the bar. Um, oh, sorry. Sorry, mate. You've got to sit down. Um, you, you can have a Carlton draft. Like, just you can have a shit beer, um, but you've got to sit down now because um, the, the wedding party's arriving and they're going to do entrees. I'm like, but I'm not really hungry yet and I don't want a three-course meal. Oh, great. They're putting the plates down. You don't get to choose what you're going to eat. Oh, great. The chicken got in front of me. It's got fucking mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. Hey, do you mind swapping with me? You got the steak. Obviously, the steak is better than the chicken. That's like if you were in a pub, if this was a pub meal, that's $6 difference in the meal. And I've got, then of course, you're not going to swap the fucking steak. Of course, you're not. And it's like, why didn't I, like, put down that I had, like, a dietary requirement, even though I don't, just to, like, get myself the better food? And then they're like, oh, while you sit there, it, like, yes, we've we've put a couple of thousand dollars behind the bar, but you can't go to the bar because we're going to spend an hour doing fucking boring speeches that the only time, the only time you remember one of those speeches, you're never like, oh, that was such a great wedding speech. You're like... Oh, remember the like Michael like mentioned that ex girlfriend, and then the bride started to cry. Like it's only when it goes wrong, which is awful that you should that you're sitting there being like, "I'm bored out of my mind. I can't look at my phone. I can't do anything that I want to do. You've trapped me in this room that's like dedicated yeah. to your love, which is fucking bullshit." And then like fifty percent of marriages end in divorce anyway. Divorce, yeah, like so it's all true. a lie, and you have to bring presents. Fuck that. They live together already. There's no actual need for, to, for, the, for for me to gift you something to, like, subsidise my being there. And, like, they're, they're yeah. already starting their, like, their life together in debt. I got married in Albuquerque. We had to pay $30 each for the witnesses because we didn't invite anyone. And that's a fucking great thing to do. And we are great people. Everyone who has a wedding <laughs> is a fucking cuck. And, like, I'm not going. I don't go to weddings. I don't go to weddings. I think you've, like, uh, I think you've Larry David this for me where I'm like, I'm going to start doing the same thing. Yeah, but it also, it's like if... I'm going to start just saying no. If, if yeah. I can think, like, in my head while you were saying that, I was listening to everything you were saying, but in my head I was like, there's, like, three people that I will make an exception for on this rule and then anyone else who comes into my life, I'm like, nah, no. See, my decision was that I'm going to have this as a blanket rule and, like, absolute like you know my sister can get married and i'm like i'm sorry i don't go to weddings because then no one can be like oh well you went to your sister's wedding just no i don't go to weddings it's not it's not for me i find it disgusting <laughs> like i just i think it's a waste of time and then you get to like one in the morning and you're like why was like this was such a waste of my saturday like these people what they took from me was so fundamental to who i am it's like you're working six days a week instead of five like, yeah. fuck yeah. weddings, man. I also don't go to any kind of religious celebration, children's birthdays. Anyway, there's a, there's a list of things I don't go to. <laughs> you don't go... What about your own kids? Well, do they have birthday yeah, parties? Yeah, I go to that. Like, I, But that's my... Like, I'm doing that. So, that's fine because it's built for me. For them, but for <laughs> me. I, that's hypocritical. You can't, like, not go to other kids' I went to my own birthday wedding. parties. At- yeah, but you didn't do a proper wedding. You didn't do that. 
annoying thing where it's like your whole weekend is taken over by no. someone else's no. event. But I was a virgin until I was married, so that was. Um, I mean, I had a child, but anyway, irrelevant. Just a, just a little joke there. Uh, we've now we've now lost our virgin listeners. <laughs> no, I don't think we have. No, maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe I'll find out what sex is. They're, they're still <laughs> rewinding and listening to the Eddie Guerrero blowjob gear. So we're <laughs> anyway. So we need to we need to move on. We're uh... no. I think this is way more interesting than what's <laughs> currently going on in the pay per view. We cut back to the pay per view. We've got Sting and Booker T wrestling together for some fucking reason. Do we know why these two are? Do you know why? These two are uh, I don't understand why their partners know, um, and I don't care. Yeah, me either. Anyway, so they they have a match against the the Legion of Doom. Is a Legion of Doom? I the, the, I the road warriors. Confused. They're the road, the road warriors. warriors. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Legion of Doom is their slave name. Uh, and so, anyway, <sighs> the long and the short of this is that Booker T gets he pins one of the bloody Legions of Doom and. Uh, they now are probably one of the the legionnaires of doom the legionnaires of doom uh and yeah uh yeah this this is like this we'll do some serious wrestle talk for a sec this is the beginning of booker t starting to be pushed as a as a start like harlem heat will get pushed a bit more from here and then in a little bit uh booker will I think they split up Harlem Heat by the end of the year. No, right? I think they're or the beginning of next. Stevie year. Ray gets injured, I think, and then they just still keep pushing Booker, and then he comes back, and then they split up Harlem Heat. They've still got another four or five tag team runs, uh, title runs ahead of them. Yeah, but I think a, a couple of those are post NWO. Ah, okay. Well, yeah. Yes. But anyway, anyway, look, you know, you can hear in the tone of me and Matt's voices how interested we are in this match. Like, no, <laughs> the commentators are doing their best to push it as a really great street fight. There's some interesting stuff where, out the back, where um, one of the legions, Legion of Doom guys, gets handcuffed and. But, okay, hold on uh, one sec. I just want to talk briefly about the Legionnaire of Doom that's handcuffed. The uh, yeah. They go back to him after the match and he's handcuffed to a post, but he's, he's fallen down and Stevie Ray's above him with a chair and delivers yeah. the worst chair shot I've ever seen. It is a slow motion, <laughs> gentle push of a chair into his back. Uh, like th- that, I can only imagine that if that uh, road warrior ever saw that, he would have actually punched Stevie Ray in the face. <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't. Um, I, I've got to admit, I really did tune out at this point in the pay per view. I kind of really enjoyed everything up until this mm. point. Even the Matusa Colonel match, I was like, "What the fuck is going <laughs> Especially on?" Especially that. Uh, but um, yeah, well, that's. I mean, you know, I love watching male wrestlers beat female wrestlers. That's my favorite thing in wrestling. We all know <laughs> that. Uh, so <laughs> anyway. Here we, we're at your main event, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Tower of Doom match. And oh my God, if there wasn't potential for a great match here and it, for it to really under-deliver. Uh, I, I still enjoyed this for nostalgic reasons. I enjoyed it for to see what it was and how they did it. Um, I have an 
alternate booking Ooh. for this that I will give after uh, we get your thoughts on it because I just I thought there was so much potential for this and it was just executed in a very WCW kind of plays playground way of like now my guy's not dead and now my guy can go to the middle ring for some bizarre reason and now you so know, we should probably say that this is Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair Arn Anderson Meng the Barbarian Lex Luger mm-hmm. the Taskmaster yeah. Z Gangster mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. tell you what you're gonna if you watch this uh, and I don't know if people are watching as well as listening but the amount of times you hear the term Z Gangster uh, it's it's a lot, um, and the ultimate solution. Uh, so that's it's it's the and it's in that sort of multi cage structure with dark blue lighting. Imagine paying to go to this; you wouldn't see a single thing if you were in the audience. No, I kept thinking because you can yeah. barely see anything yeah. like on the television. Like it's such such dark blue lighting. Yeah, it needed to be in the middle of the arena mm. if they were going to build it it needed to be in the middle of the arena like if it, if it was now it would be a structure that hung above the ring and then came down for the last match every time i see lex luger uh, it's been obsessing me because i went to his wikipedia page um oh god what? i don't i don't know i <laughs> fell down a hole but the picture on his wikipedia page is taken in 2020 and he looks exactly like william h macy now he does. Like, he does look like William H. Macy. And every time I see him, I'm like, <laughs> imagine if I imagine if William H. Macy had have got buff and become a wrestler and how much better he would be at it than Lex Luger was. Uh, there's a promo earlier in the night where Lex is back to his old way. I'd, I'd been quite sort of like praiseworthy of Lex the last couple of weeks. Where it's like, well, actually... Yeah, like, Lex he is the total okay package. <laughs> Nah, man, he's a fucking title package, dog. <laughs> uh, he uh, he's just you know he's just getting names wrong and blah blah and like you know sort of knowing his um, backstory now with like prescription drugs and drugs and blah blah you you just sort of wonder like was this a bad day mm. or you know what I mean like it's kind of sad. Um, there's like there's a there's a newish documentary on the net on on the network about Lex and his kind of redemption story and everything. And it's like. I just don't think I can watch it. I can't watch any of that, you know, like, beyond the mat stuff. It just... I take it to... I take it to heart and then I start hate... Like, I start to hate wrestling. <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, all the promoters are evil and, mm. the, you know, half the wrestlers are terrible and blah, blah. But it always makes me laugh when I see another fucking old dude come out on Twitter and say, oh, things were better in the locker room back in the old days. Like, uh, what, when we were getting valets addicted to prescription drugs and people were being killed in Puerto Rico and, (laughs) you know, like, have a look at Lex Luger and tell me that things were better in the locker rooms back in the 90s, you morons. Fair enough. Anyway, what did you, well, I just, I mean, that's that's how I, like, rather than having this happy-go-lucky attitude of like, yay, wrestling, like, you Mm. know, everything becomes very real all of a sudden and my attitude is like, well... Anyway, the Undertaker. The more I hear, this is why the Undertaker didn't talk. The more I hear him talk, the more I'm it's, like, yeah, shut up, just shut up, don't stop Mark talking. Calloway You're sucks. not. Yeah, I don't like Mark Calloway at all. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about the Federation. We're talking about a World Championship are you gonna, Wrestling. Are you going to rebook this you... for us? Is that? 
yeah, let's do that and then pass out. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I would have had this, first and foremost, I would have had the structure in the middle of the arena so everyone could see it, but you would have had more lighting on it as well. So it would have just looked better. Uh, I like the idea of someone having to having three levels and someone having to go down, you know, a, a level. I, I didn't mind that. I Macho Man doesn't exist at all in my booking of this. It's Hulk Hulk Hogan versus all the bad guys because everything is all, like all the um, promos for it is they're the alliance to end Hulkamania. Yeah, you know what I mean, like. I mean, I know Macho Man's part of the Mega Powers and blah, 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 but no, go away. This should be Hulk Hogan versus everyone who he has upset along the way. You know what I mean? Uh, and then it just becomes like a... It almost becomes like a Aslan Christ kind of story where he know, like he's walking to the gallows, but he knows he has to do it because he can't back down from it. And he still thinks that he can beat all of these guys. And he is. He he beats Rick and Arn in the first level. Basically, what's happened? What happens in this match? Where he wins the first, he wins the top level. He goes down to the second level. He wins the second level. He goes down to the third level. But that's when the two big boys come down and beat the absolute living crap out of him, like to the point where it's like too much for 1996 wrestling. Like he's bloodied and in a pulp, and like they just keep going, and the, the, the wrestlers are like, "Oh God, someone get in there and do something! This is the worst thing I've ever seen in wrestling history!" Ah! And then they carry Hulk Hogan out, and everyone thinks that like he's basically dead, right? And then you don't see Hulk Hogan again until Bash at the Beach '96, where he's introduced as the third man. And the reason why he's the third man is because everyone in WCW turned their back on him. And so he has even more reason to turn heel. I'm not saying that the greatest heel turn of all time isn't good already. Like, it's obviously great. But it just gives a little bit of extra backstory. And then we also don't have... You know, what's the stake of this match? Because Hulk and Macho win. And then the next night on Nitro... Macho Man is wrestling and Hulk Hogan takes one week off and then he's back. It's like, but it completely takes away from the Tower of Doom. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we knocked that off in one night and now we're back at work the next day. Well, they're just, instead of trying to make compelling television, they're just like, look, he defeated the Dungeon of Doom. He's defeated the Four Horsemen. Now we've got the Four Horsemen and the Dungeon of Doom against Tweedledee and Tweedledum cunt. Like, this is like... <laughs> this isn't just... Sta- it's like, here's 10 people they've beaten all at the same time on different levels. Like, your version is significantly better. Um, but how weak does it make every heel in the comp- in the in the promotion yeah. look? Yeah, well, that's why they had to turn Hulk Hogan heel, because he'd beaten all the heels. There was only faces left. That's what I'm saying. So that's what should have happened here. It ties in perfectly with Bash at the Beach. Um, anyway, let us know if you like my booking. Yeah, get it, get on to us. Yeah, get on to us and tell us either way. Uh, except for the, you know, this podcast is boring, yeah, man. Don't we don't want to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> we had our first bad review. Matt and I have not taken it well. Anyway, um, we should <laughs> we should wrap it up there. Um, 
thank you for subscribing, sharing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Um, we're on all the platforms. Um, until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead. All right. Oh,